Welcome to the final installment, the grand finale of uh, The Curated Soul. It's my prayer that all of us have done something in the last four weeks to grow closer in, to God and deeper in our faith. And unfortunately, I'm not sure everybody has, but I'm going to try and get us across the finish line. Are you with me? If, if, you haven't, if you haven't done it yet, today is the day. And as you can see, here at the front, we have quite a display of things we're giving away. Uh, Ron Thatcher from our congregation has a connection with Home STEM Academy in, in Flint, and uh, he was there not too long ago and asked them what we could do to help. And they said, do that, right? They said, bring, uh, bring some toiletries. Uh, if you can put them in individual bags, that would be awesome. And bring some school supplies. And uh, we're going to group the school supplies kind of by type. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. And that's going to be the closing part of the service today. Are you ready? Would you like to just do that now? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to make you wait just a little while, and we're going to do that together. We have talked about eight different ways to curate your soul. And we talked about the word curated. You know, it's, a, it's kind of a buzzword. Uh, I, I see it almost every day on some internet site. They're curating coffee. They're curating glasses. Somebody sent me something this week that they were going to curate um, eyeglasses. <laughs> like, really? Um, the idea is it's individually selected with you in mind, okay? That's the concept. Now, with you in mind, what would be the most helpful thing you could do right now to grow closer to Jesus? I mean, maybe the most helpful thing you could do right now is to give him your life, confess your sins, invite him to be your leader and forgiver. Because if you haven't done that yet, that's the most important step of all. And it's my prayer that if you haven't, today might be your day. Um, but if you have, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, here's the challenge. How do you grow deeper and stronger in your faith every day, consistently, for the rest of your life? About 10 days ago, Pastor Shane and I got the blessing of spending uh, two days with the leaders of the Free Methodist Church in, in uh, the United States. Three men who happen to be friends of mine. And uh, the first guy, David Kendall, got up and talked about the fact that our movement believes that God has more for each of us. More depth, more um, growth, more understanding, more passion more Christ-likeness. You could be more like Jesus than you are right now. Is that true? Anybody? <laughs> Especially if you're a little grumpy this morning. You could be more like Jesus than you are right now. So how do you get from here to there? I'm so glad you asked, Pastor Glenn. How do you get from here to there? And, uh, you know, most people, I mean, we've talked about this a lot in the last several Sundays, it's like, Typically, the answer is you come to church regularly and you try to have a daily time, quiet time, with God. And that is great advice. Come to church regularly and try to have a daily quiet time with God. And what most of us discover is that th that routine isn't quite as easy as it sounds. And once in a while, that routine becomes overly routine it, you know, it loses its energy and its ability to surprise us and stretch us and bless us, you know. So what do you do? How do you keep your spirit alive? How do you curate 
your soul. And we have tried to explain and, and um, actually encourage and give you a taste of uh, six different ways up until now. Using creation, getting out in God's creation and worshiping Him there. Using art and beauty as tools to worship. Uh, worshiping through more traditional forms. And I had a lot of incredible feedback to the um, communion service last Sunday that had that feel to it and often touches us at a deeper level. Uh, co contemplation, getting alone and quiet with God. And we sort of walk through these, and today we're going to finish off with the last two, which are relationships. Sometimes in our spiritual walk, in addition to our time alone with God, we need to tell someone else about it. We need to talk to someone else about it, especially if we're wired up with kind of an extroverted personality. In the 38 years that I've been a pastor, I have learned that one size doesn't always fit all, uh, spiritually speaking. Some of us uh, have done our spiritual life totally in isolation, completely alone, and we need to kind of express it and connect with it and share it. And um, others of us have kind of lived on the surface of things, don't really have much of a discipline of getting alone and getting quiet and reading our Bible and listening for the voice of the Spirit. We need more of that. One of the things we're talking about here, the reason we're doing this today, is because one of those pathways is activism, is serving. Uh, do you know that sometimes the greatest growth comes when you give your life away to other people? And you serve and you sacrifice and we're going to talk more about that particular pathway. The, the key verse, if you have your outline there, um, we talked about expanding the spiritual vocabulary uh, for God to work in your life, your soul's spiritual vocabulary. And the key verse to this whole series comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing to his friends saying, I don't think I have reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me, and what? Those words in the... What, what color is that, by the way? Whatever. Okay. Uh, I forget about the things behind me, and reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus, I pursue the call, the prize of the call of Christ Jesus. How you doing? How you doing? It was about 1990, maybe 91. And I had been in ministry for a while. And the Lord had blessed, and our church was thriving. I was pastoring in the... Uh, beautiful city of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, my home and native land. Have I mentioned I'm a Canadian? But I'm legal. I'm on my green card. It's up to date. I'm good. Okay. All right. Just in case you were wondering. And, um, and but I felt kind of frustrated with myself. And there were issues in my pastoral leadership that were frustrating to me and to some other people too. And so I went to my friend who was the leader of the Free Methodist Church in Canada at that time. Uh, some of our congregation know him. He's retired and has lived down in Florida, back and forth between Toronto and Florida. 
I went to my friend Don Bastian, Bishop Bastian, and I said, what do I do? And he said, well, Glenn, I know a place that offers Christian counseling, and um, it's actually the guy, that, anybody know who James Dobson, know that name? The, fa- the, uh, the father of Christian counseling, right? Well, the guy who taught him everything he knew was a guy named um, Clyde Naramore, the, the grandfather, <laughs> if you will. And Clyde Naramore had this retreat center in California, so Nancy and I went there for two weeks, and uh, when we went there, um, it was really intense, right? We got into this whole uh, study of what God was doing, who, how we were wired up, who we were, what our, what our needs were, and it, it, a lot of it was about me. Um, I've told you before, my dad died on the living room couch when I was eight. But I think maybe what I didn't tell you was that um, as he was dying, my mom and older brother uh, didn't want me to see what was happening, so they kept sending me to my room and telling me to pray. And when your dad's dying on the living room couch, you don't want to stay in your room and pray. So I kept sneaking back out. When he died... An eight-year-old thinks it's because you didn't stay in your room and pray. And in those days, uh, nobody talked to me about it. I certainly didn't talk to them about it. I was pretty angry at God for taking my dad, but I couldn't say that. couldn't say it out loud. Two years later, my mom married my uncle. It's a Bible thing, right? (laughs) My aunt had died in the interim, and... Uh, my father, biological father's younger brother became my stepdad. And, uh, and we got along great like oil and water. Like uh, we, we just did not hit it off. Um, but we were Christians, right? So what do you do if your stepdad's a Christian and you're a Christian and you really, you know, every, every dinner is a, is a cat fight, <laughs> a dog fight. So... Um, so I'm carrying a lot of that baggage and, and uh, don't really understand a lot of that. I'm in midlife. It's kind of this midlife crisis thing. I go to talk to this Christian counselor and he says, well, Glenn, here's the scoop. You really love people and you need to be loved by people, but you are incredibly guarded and you won't let people in. And we spent the better part of 10 days trying to unpack that, trying to think about what God was trying to do in me and what I could do to process that. And it was kind of a turning point for me. Um, I began to see that there's nobody else with exactly my life experience and my personality and my spiritual gifts And I have to figure out under God how to deal with who I am, with my baggage, with my wounds, with my gifts, with my one and only life. I have to figure it out. I have to tend my soul. And guess what? So do you. And nobody else can do it for you. And nobody else can tell you how to do it, you know, in the details. So as your pastor, I'm here to say, I've tried to learn some things about this, and I would love it if you would try to listen to your own soul, to to think honestly before the Lord, what do I need to do to press on? How could I 
you know, jumpstart my spiritual walk with the Lord? How can I get a breakthrough, you know? If I'm feeling a little stuck or a little stale, what could I do? So for me, that journey um, took me next to a pastor's mentoring group. Uh, I was invited, incredibly, to a group of uh, 13 pastors who met in uh, Lake Delavan, Wisconsin. Anybody heard of Lake Geneva, north of Chicago there? Anybody know Mike Singletary, know that name? Professional football player, neat Christian. Uh, He was part of Willow Creek Community Church when he lived in Chicago. And so his pastor was the guy who organized this meeting and invited me there. And Mike Singletary paid the bill for all of us. I love Mike Singletary. (laughs) I've always been a fan of Mike Singletary. So we all got to write a personal thank you note to to Mike uh, for making it possible for us. And we sat in a circle and... uh, And one of the first things that was said was, did you know that many times the work of God around you can start to destroy the work of God in you? What? Uh, do, do Do you run too fast? Do you try too hard? Has it become routine? Are you a professional Christian? And for a lot of pastors, the answer to that is, yeah. And of course, we just come through that season where two or three big name, famous pastors had crashed and burned, right? So there was a lot of conversation about that. And how do you tend your soul? How do you tell yourself the truth? How do you keep the enemy at bay? And so that honest conversation in that room led to a journey for me. And I have gone down all eight of these pathways And the thing that excites me is they're all good for me, right? They've all taught me something. At times, they were the thing that broke me out of a stale kind of discouraged season. At other times, they were kind of a surprise and took me to a new place with God. I know they have kept me safe and kept barriers and and, uh, guardrails in my life against the things that often trip uh, Christian leaders up. So I want to just think with you for a few minutes about that journey. How do I keep my spiritual passion hot? How do I keep my character submitted? How do I keep my pride subdued? How do I keep my gifts engaged? How do I keep my weaknesses and wounds healed? How do I keep my soul healthy and growing? How do I press on and reach out for the things Jesus has ahead of me? You tend your soul. You press on. Not into something that you have to do, something that you get to do. Not something that somebody else tells you might work, but things that actually feel like joy to you, feel like life to you. Feel like this is who I was made to be. This is how I was created to connect with God. And sometimes it's journaling and writing out my prayers and having that discipline of heart and mind. Probably for 10 years, I seldom prayed without writing out my prayers because I knew I needed it. Discovering disciplines of solitude and silence, knowing when I need to get away and get alone and really listen to God. Have you done that lately? Two weeks ago, I was on Google Maps and I remembered that I drove up the highway north of Port Huron along the lake and saw a really neat 
uh, Christian retreat center there. Looked beautiful. In fact, Nancy and I drove in one time into the parking lot and tried to see if there was anybody there, but there wasn't. So I went back to my Google Maps and clicked on the link, and sure enough, there was a phone number, and I phoned them up, and I'm going to spend a day in their um, cottage just for people who need to get alone and get with God. Sometimes it's, it's like a, a, a deep dive into creation and the beauty around me. <laughs> Today I took a little dive, just a dip in the pond, right? Not literally. Our pond is too cold. I tried it, okay? But on the way here from our house to the church, I drive right by uh, the Robert Williams Nature Center on Atherton and M15. So this morning on the way here, I drove in there. And I drove back in and I thought, okay, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do real quick. <laughs> you can't do it real quick. Did you know that? So, I, so I, the first thing I did, I stopped the car and I turned off the radio. I turned it off already. And, and then I was aware of the sound of the fan, you know, the, the heater. And so, so I turned that off. And then I rolled down the windows and I turned the car off. That was the key. Then I turned the car off. And I just sat there and breathed deep and said, Lord, I need you today. I need you today. I already had some devotional time at home, but I just needed that. Um, I've been to monasteries and retreat centers all over America. I've spent weeks seeking after God. I've fasted for 21 days. I've done the Daniel fast where you only eat vegetables and um, you know, avoid all meat and dairy and other stuff. I've done that for 28 days. And, um, and people keep asking me, Glenn, what do you do? Are you, you know, what, what are you, are you like crazy? I'm like, well, maybe, maybe. I'm crazy to know Jesus. I want to be like him. I want to get my stuff dealt with. I want to get my soul healed. I want to, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. One of these days I want it to keep changing me. And so I just want to think with you about what that looks like. Um, I was thinking this morning, it was about a January of uh, 2015, I started a new habit. <laughs> Much to my family's surprise, I started getting up about 45 minutes earlier than I usually get up. And they were like, okay, this isn't going to last. Uh, you know, he's, he's, on a, he's on a kick, you know. And, uh, and then around that time, I started going to this Aquasize class in the morning. And I've been doing that four days a week and uh, sometimes five, and I'm still doing it. And uh, before I go to the class, I usually go into the Florida room at our house, if it's warm enough, and spend some time just alone with the Lord earlier in the day. And it has nourished my soul, and I've lost 40 pounds. Um... <laughs> Some people are more excited about the pounds than the soul, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing about it is I can see it, right? I can see the physical change, but I believe there's 
more importantly, a spiritual change. So just for the next few minutes, I'd just like you to think about what it would take for you to go to a new and deeper place with God. I think we have a couple of more uh, bullet points and scripture verses to share. On the matter of having a more relational walk with God, the Bible says, as one piece of iron sharpens another, so friends keep each other sharp. Do you have a spiritual friend? Someone beyond your immediate family? Someone that you can talk to and pray with and share your stuff with and know they love you? Uh, I think one of, the, one of the most powerful things in our lives is to have someone or a few someones we can really trust with the truth about our souls. And the cool thing is, has anybody heard of this new thing called the internet? The internet can actually help you share your soul journey with somebody else. Is anyone here on Uversion? Uversion have this thing called friends, and you can actually dialogue about what you read that day. You can decide you're going to do the same devotional together with somebody else. I was in a group of five pastors from all over America, and we did an email devotional group, and it was good for my soul and good for all of us. Um, it's amazing what can happen. Anybody heard of this new thing called Facebook? You can have a Facebook group with a few of your friends where you can share a scripture and you can share prayers together. I know there's some wacky stuff out there. Okay, there's some dangerous stuff on the internet, but you can use it for good and use it for God. Amen? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. All right, let's go to the next verse. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Isn't it great to have somebody say, boy, at a girl, way to go? Um, I, we happen to have our two youngest grandchildren, oh, and by the way, their parents, uh, visiting us this weekend. You know, they kind of come as a package, right? And so we always make a fuss over the grandkids. Well, our littlest one, she's, she's three, she just turned three, and uh, this morning, she was sitting in great-grandma's chair and looking kind of, uh, I don't know the word, um, mellow. And so she's not usually a cuddler. I got in the chair, and she sat in my lap. And it was 7.46, and I looked at the clock, and I said, I got to go. I got this job, and we're going to do this thing, and, I gotta, and I'm like, No. I'm going to sit here at least until 7.50, <laughs> and I'm going to soak in the moment. And, we, and I started to talk with Kalia, and I said, you know, Kalia, um, you're so special, and I love you so much, and uh, you're so smart, and you're a good singer. And Mommy and Daddy, they like to sing, and Grandma and Grandpa, we like to sing. I love it when you sing. And I was just thinking that maybe God was using my grandfatherly words to nurture her soul. Because there are times when my father in heaven sings over me. He knows my name. He knows my wounds. He knows my gifts. He knows my heart. And when I get up close and listen to his voice, something transforming happens. And I love it when I get that alone with God, and I love it when I get to share it with somebody else. Um, 
I think the next scripture is about serving. Uh, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to what? Okay, one more time. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to? As faithful servants, stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the? That in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. If you speak, speak with energy and passion. If you serve, serve with all your might. Serve with the power that God gives you. So our church has a commitment to, to serve our community in Jesus' name. And, and uh, we have a, a series of slides of some of the things that we have done in just the last year or so. To, to care about needy people, the lost, the least, the lonely, and the left out. I see Patrick is here this morning. Bless you, brother. You taught me to say that. The lost, the least, the lonely, and the left out. And uh, what a good way to think about that, to think about the people around us. So here's a list of some of the things that God has helped us to do. Uh, we sent elementary classroom packs uh, to one of the local schools, Central School, I believe it was. And... We uh, ministered to 120 refugee room women. Remember when we brought soap and uh, prayed over it and sent it with our team that went to Jordan? So that was, uh, that was part of that. 275 boards for abandoned Flint houses. Uh, the men's ministry, after the, one of their men's breakfasts, got together and uh, cut, sawed these boards and then we took them. Um, and the feedback on how significant that is to, uh, to make a neighborhood safe and we're going to do it again. Uh, did you know that there are some men who find church a little girly? Well, get out your power saw and get, you know, get some of that testosterone going. And the women, you can join us and we can pound it together and, and make it all happen, okay? All right? All right, let's go. Uh, what's next? Uh, Ten homeless families uh, helped, served, help to get out of their situation um, through Family Promise. And by the way, we are praying about Family Promise coming back again next year, where we host uh, families for a week once a quarter. Would you pray about that with me? And the thing we need most is, is volunteers who will show up every time and help us out. So here we go. Uh, seven, 73 Christmas gifts. We sponsored families, needy families at Christmas, and you guys stepped up and gave <laughs> above and beyond, and it was amazing. What else? Uh, $8,000 worth of refugee support gifts. Um, I, I, I still can't get over the story of the uh, Sudanese refugees that were in Jordan that we sent the money for a year ago Christmas, and uh, they were sent back to Sudan, and our money saved lives and made an incredible difference. I mean, yay God, right? A perfect thing at the perfect time. Only God could do a thing like that. And you guys stepped up. Uh, 150 DFM action packs. You know, last fall, um, every fall for a long time, we've been doing the um, uh, shoe boxes. And some, some of those who were involved said, you know, maybe we could try something different. Well, <laughs> who, who knows that sometimes it's a little painful to do something different, right? 
And there were quite a few who said, you know, I, I really like the shoe boxes and that was kind of fun. And, you know, we're not going to do the shoe boxes. And we're like, okay, we can do shoe boxes, right? It's a, it's a huge ministry and there's lots of opportunity to do that. But we are going to do something different. We are going to pack um, packages of toiletries and personal items and we're going to put a gift in there and we're going to make these available so that whenever we send a mission team, we have something to send with them. And so these last two mission teams, the one that went to Haiti a couple of weeks ago and the one that's in Dominican right now, have our action packs that we did last fall and they are blessing people there in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. You know, it's amazing to see when a plan comes together. Anybody remember the A-team? Anyway, I love it when a plan comes together. Uh, seven community partners. You know, we do this thing every June called Serve Our City. And you can mark the date down. It's June 11th, Sunday before Father's Day. And on that day, we only have an early service. And uh, we will go out and serve in our community. We have seven partnerships with schools, community organizations, uh, service organizations that we are in constant contact with. And uh, we're already ramping that up. And Pastor Shane is doing all the behind the scenes work for that. And uh, I'm just so thankful for a church that cares. I don't know if any of you were here when I first arrived four years ago and I asked the question, what would happen to Genesee County and David Davison City if DFMC ceased to exist? Would they miss us? Would they even notice? I am so thankful that by the grace of God, he is working in us and through us. And here's what I know. For some of us, this is a key spiritual pathway. For some of us, feeling like we're getting our hands dirty, like we're getting our energy in the game, like we're touching a needy help person, that is so stimulating, challenging, stretching, that it actually encourages our spiritual walk with Christ. Because guess what? We're doing it in Jesus' name. Jesus said, if you do it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. We're doing it for Jesus, right? Jesus is in us, and Jesus is around us in the people who we serve. And so, in just a couple minutes, we are going to, uh, uh, the worship team should probably come now, and we're going to get ready, and we're going to come. And um, this might be just a little crazy. Is that Okay. Well, it's going to be crazy anyway. I just hope it's okay. Right. Um, what we're going to do is, I think we have a slide that tells us kind of how to walk through this. We're going to come and get some of this stuff, okay? And we're going to put, there's bags, there's uh, Ziploc bags down at that end, and uh, we have, like, grocery bags down at this end, okay? And uh, so we're going to put four or five people together, just kind of where you are, don't just be with you and your family alone. Just include someone else, at least one other person that um, you can connect with, okay? And so in a moment, we're going to stand and you're going to kind of move a little bit or just turn around and, uh, and form a group. And then out of that group, you're going to send one person up and uh, maybe it should be two actually, looking at what we've got here. You're going to send two people. Are you with me? 
We're going to send two people, right? We're going to send one to this side and one to this side. And we're not going to be able to package all this up, okay? Um, there's another whole service to happen, and they'll work on it. And if we don't get it all packed up, then some of the, we'll do some after. We'll do some tomorrow. We'll do some later. But here's the point. Um, I want a physical representation in your group of our love to practically demonstrate the love of Jesus. And then we're going to pray over that, okay? Whatever it is we collect up here. We're going to pray over it. And then we're going to take it out and put it in the lobby. And there's some, those tables that are on the left-hand side as you go out, we'll put, them, we'll put them there. And we'll make sure they get to the people that need them. So will you stand with me? And uh, to make this simple, why don't you right now turn around, figure out who your group is, okay? Just kind of say, help me, come with me, work with me. All right. All right. All right. I see some high quality groups.